Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. I'm trying to unmute myself. I don't know what's going on. Well, this is a perfect example of why you should never host a Zoom call while driving through the desert, Eric Hatch. So, Eric Hatch, I'm just here because I'm excited. Can you can you guys hear me okay now? Got you, buddy. All right, cool. I'm keeping this really short and sweet because I'm literally driving through the middle of nowhere, and I'm only here because when Eric Hatch talks, I listen. I think I stole that tagline from someone else, Eric, but I'm giving it to you. Uh, Eric has sold his. He's with Eric Hatch, uh, Hatch Coaching and Consulting, but his team will sell. What are you guys over? Nine hundred, a thousand units this year. Uh, we'll do twelve or thirteen hundred is what we're pacing for right now. Yeah, we have uh, pended and closed about seven hundred and fifty year to date. Pending, holy smokes! All right, so I shortchanged you by about three or four hundred sales. I, I'm sorry. Uh, we're diving deep into structuring listing presentations. Uh, I just want to remind you guys, Zach will drop into the chat box. Those of you who are going deeper with Instagram, we do have an Ask Me Anything with an Instagram expert next Wednesday. So jump on that, check it out in the chat box. Uh, Wednesday, one thirty Pacific. And without further ado. I'm going to shut my camera off so you don't have to see me driving through the middle of nowhere. Eric Hatch, I'm excited to learn about listings. Seriously, thank you for being here and let's rock and roll. Uh, Jesse, always good to see your ginger face. Uh, love you, dude. Appreciate you, man. Uh, and it is a joy to be here today. Uh, those of you watching, super glad that you're here. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna dive right in. Yes, my team is crushing. Uh, yes, I own a coaching company uh, where we work really hard with people on how to develop teams and systems and strategies on how they win. But before all this happened, I was a listing agent and a buyer agent, right? I, I was in production. And my own personal production annually, my last two years in production, uh, I sold 149 and 153 homes myself. Uh, without a without a showing partner, I had some great admin supports, of course. I even had to handwrite contracts. This is before DocuSign was a thing uh, that makes me feel pretty gray and old. But nonetheless, this was back in the day. And uh, I ran all around uh, all around my area. I live in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, a lot of you uh, will never go to Fargo ever, but it's pretty awesome. It's a pretty great place to be. Uh, the communities I serve are uh, about 250,000 people total. And in that, my team has developed a market share of about 10%. Um, we are on our way up to uh, hopefully 15, 16%. We think we're going to cap it about that. Uh, but we are doing some special things uh, in our ecosystem. With all that being said, uh, I've listed a home or two in my day and, and our team has sold over 5,000 homes. It'll be 6,000 by the end of this year. And I want to teach you a few fundamental things that you need to do to have the perfect listing consultation. So I encourage you to take some notes. If you have some questions, throw them in the chat box. Happy to have a conversation as we go here. Uh, but I want to say this is a lot of times people say listing presentation. I want you to eliminate that language from your vocabulary. A presentation is not a connection. I, in fact, we're calling this the perfect listing consultation. I think that word consultation still feels framework-y. Like I don't love the framework of consultation. It's what the language I would use with a client, but I want you to have the mindset that this is a conversation. That is a conversation. You maybe call it a consultation, but it is not a presentation. Let me give you an example is 
uh, back in 2012, uh, I remember going on a listing presentation. And the reason why it was a listing presentation is because I had just stolen Ben Kinney's listing presentation from Keller Williams. I attended the KW event and Ben is a brilliant mind. And he had uh, shown us a step-by-step presentation that was on a PowerPoint slide. And I had an iPad too, so I knew I was very revolutionary when it came to technology. And I wanted to just do what Ben did. And I wanted to present as Ben did because I wanted the success that Ben had. And so I went to this guy's house and he was a referral from one of my admin. Uh, Her name's Kim. And she sent me over to work with one of her good friends. And I walked through his house. I did the typical walkthrough that everybody does. Then you sit at the kitchen table. And I immediately went into presentation mode. And I pulled out my iPad 2 and I put it on the table. And I told him in 35 slides why I'm fantastic as a realtor and why he should work with me. I then wrapped up and I'm like, all right, so you're ready to sign? Uh, I mean, it's a little more nice than that. But I'm like, all right, are you ready to sign? And he's like, uh, I'll get back to you. And I'm like, that's cool. I knew I had the relationship because Kim was friends with him. And so I just drove back to my office, patting myself on the back, being like, Eric, you and Ben Kinney crushed it again. Way to go, buddy. You're the man. And I got back to my office and Kim was in tears. And she's like, Eric, what did you do? I'm like, I crushed a listing presentation. What do you mean? What did I do? And she's like, that guy hated you. You talked at him and not with him the entire time. You threw all this stuff at him and you bragged and you talked about how awesome you are. And he hated you. Like, we're never going to get that listing again. And he thinks I should stop working with you. Uh, Like, it was... It was that moment in time when I recognized that a listing presentation is dangerous. A PowerPoint presentation is dangerous. Because if you lose in real estate, it's because you get out relationship. Please write that down. You will lose because you get out relationships. There are two things that are going to win the day in real estate as we continue to go forward. It is technology and relationships. Technology is going to weed out a lot of those, uh, a lot of those wallflowers, a lot of those kind of part timers, and they can't they can't hold hold a candle to it. But relationships are how you win, and your job is to build the relationship and the listing conversation. So I want to give you a few nuance pieces. I'm going to give, break this down into four quarters. We're gonna we're gonna look at this. All quarters are not created equal, by the way. Maybe that's even the wrong uh, iteration. We'll call it four chapters. Four chapters of the perfect listing consultation that'll have you win every time. Chapter number one is it's all about them. It is. It's, it's all about them. When you walk around their house, you should be looking for points and, and, and moments that you can find connection. You're learning about them. You're learning about what they did in the house. You're learning about how long they've been there. Uh, this is information gathering time. And the most valuable thing that you can do is to make them feel important. I'm watching Dan right now on the camera. Dan is nodding as I'm saying something and he's taking notes. Dan is making me feel more important right now than the rest of you. Hands down, easily. Do I have a brown noser? Yeah, Don is now doing that too. Thank you, Don. I have a brown noser in the room. It's Dan. And Dan is my favorite student because he's making me feel important because he's actively listening to what I'm saying. These are fundamental communication pieces, but having a notebook in hand and writing, 
you could be drawing a rainbow right now for all I care, Dan, but I think you're paying attention and you're making me feel unbelievable with this. Okay. And so when you're on a listening presentation or a consultation, it is all about them. You're taking notes and you're asking a ton of questions. Now, in them time, the goal is to find at least three connection points. These three connection points are shared interests or commonalities that you may have. You find out that they're a Green Bay Packer fan. Even if you're not a Green Bay Packer fan, you can talk to them about Aaron Rodgers for 10, 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, you have commonality there. If you find out that they have two kids and you have two kids that are of similar ages, all of a sudden you can talk about kids, but please put an asterisk on this and say, do not relationship hijack. We all know those people in our worlds when you'll ask, uh, they'll ask you a question. They'll say like, Hey man, tell me about your kids. And I'll say, Oh, my kids are six and four. And immediately they're going to jump in and they're going to say, oh my gosh, I have a six and a four-year-old. Let me tell you about my four-year-old. And then they're going to go on for five minutes. And you're like, you just asked me one question just for a chance for you to talk. That's relationship hijacking. And you have to be really cautious about that. It is a dangerous way in which to do that. But the goal is to find three commonality connection pieces for your foundation. And you should not move to quarter two until you know that. The next asterisk I want you to put on there is to say, don't stop at the surface. You find out they're a Green Bay Packer fan, you're a Green Bay Packer fan. And so can you talk about the Packers and say like, oh, I'm a Packer fan too. No, you should have said, say, what year did the Green Bay Packers break your heart the most? Right? You want to find a place uh, in which people connect, go to AA where you talk about brokenness. You want to find a beautiful church, go to a church that talks about failures. You want to find an amazing convention or amazing group of people. It's when you can share in heartbreak and disappointment and failure. Because when you talk about your successes, it creates competition. But when you talk about your failures, it creates connection and trust and proximity. Okay? Those are powerful in controlling that relationship. Control isn't even an aggressive word. It's not meant to be an aggressive word, but you can be in control when you ask questions and you can't stop at the surface level. It's about going deeper and deeper and deeper. If you're trying to put a time frame or a blueprint on how long you should be in the them section, I would say 15 minutes at minimum. The time actually doesn't matter, but you should be watching a clock around 15 minutes, if you're like, okay, we've really kind of delved deep, even with a high D or a high C, that's not going to be very relational with you. I think it's still imperative to ask a plethora of questions for a minimum of 15 minutes and go deep. Don't just go surface level. All right. I used to be in the ministry. In fact, I still look at what I do as the ministry, but uh, I worked with a lot of awkward middle school kids. And if you've ever had the challenge of working with an awkward middle school kid, or if you have awkward middle school kids, they give you one word answers. And the goal is you have to find a way and a nuance to make them feel important and valued. And you have to ask a plethora of questions, not just who's your favorite sports team? What do you like to eat? What do you watch on TV? What game are you playing right now? You ask them 25 questions about the game they're playing. And all of a sudden you'll find them opening up because you're taking an interest in them. And sellers 
want to feel like the most important person in the room. The reason why I failed in giving a presentation is I was making myself the most important person in the room. And that was the mistake. Chapter one, remember there's four chapters. Chapter one is all about them. Chapter two is all about their dreams. Now, we spend far too much time as listing agents talking and telling. Our job should be to be the most curious person there. Here's a mistake everybody's making, my team included. What they're doing is they're going to a listing presentation and they're saying to Craig, all right, Craig, um, the market's really hot right now. Your home should sell quickly. We should get multiple offers on your property. All of you, I'm imagining and assuming, are making this mistake and you are telling people about the market. When you tell people about the market, you're actually devaluing what you can do for them. If I tell Craig, the market's really hot, you're going to get multiple offers, I'm saying, you don't really need me. You need anybody. You need somebody who can fog a mirror. By the way, when I want to get 6 or 7% commission from you, Craig, I've just devalued every way that I can capitalize on this. And I've told you instead of asking you. There's a platform called Negative Reverse Selling. I think it was originally taught by Tony Robbins. I heard it from a coach named Brian Moses, and now I'm regurgitating it onto you. It's a bad game of telephone, really. But Negative Reverse Selling is knowing the answer they want to hear, and you're trying to ask the question so that they self-discover. The most powerful tool you have as a human being and a connector is the ability to help somebody else self-discover. It is about asking questions instead of making statements. And so as we're talking about their dreams, their dream is we think that they want to sell for the most amount of money in the least amount of time. I'd rather you say, Craig, what's really important to you in this transaction? That is the most powerful, uh, and what's, what's really important for you in this relationship. I encourage you to write that down, please. I don't see most of your faces. That is one of the most valuable scripts, quote unquote, that I can give you is what's really important to you in this relationship and this transaction. And then Craig's going to say, well, I want to get a lot of money for my house. Awesome. Awesome. Tell me more about that, Craig. Why is that important to you, right? You're going deep. You're finding all these things. And then he says, I want really great communication. That's awesome. Tell me what really great communication looks like. What would be your expectation? I want really great marketing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. What do you want for really great marketing? And you're writing that down and you're taking a genuine interest in what they're saying because I promise you, give somebody a customized experience and they will eat out of your hand. You give somebody a one-size-fits-all experience, that's the presentation, right? That's when you sit down with the iPad too and you tell somebody, here's everything I'm going to do for you. Well, Craig doesn't give a crap about 30%, 40%, 50% of that. And I'm only boasting about what I am. Instead, I want to find out what Craig wants. I want to find out what his dreams are in this. I want to know how fast he wants to sell. I want to know how much money he wants to make on it. I want to know what great service looks like. And he needs to say it. I, I need to note it. Now, He's going to fall into my ecosystem that will check all those boxes, hopefully. But maybe Craig thinks that great marketing is putting a flyer up at the grocery store. And I am going to change 
the narrative because the biggest frustration your sellers will have are these two keywords, unmet expectations. And Craig will loathe the experience when there are unmet expectations. He's expecting you to put a flyer in the grocery store. And when you don't, he doesn't think that you're working hard. And so if you don't ask the questions and you only make the statements, Craig is now going to be disappointed in the transaction and the relationship. So your job is to be the most curious person there and to ask a ton of things. And so you're asking about their dreams. Let me say this. I put a Facebook poll out there. I asked a question on my wall. I got 100 responses. So it's now material fact because my Facebook told me so. And here's what the question said. Realtors, I don't want you to answer. So the rest of my friends, if you're looking to sell your house, what's the most important thing that happens in this transaction, in this relationship? Who, who are you looking for in this? Number one that you work with the realtor who is the most award-winning recognized realtor in your area. Number two, that you work with somebody with a proven system to get you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. Or number three, that you work with somebody that's going to give you unbelievable service and they'll make you feel like you're their only client. I asked that to uh, my entire Facebook uh, quote-unquote friends. What happened in this is the answer shocked me. Nobody said number one. Nobody said that they want to work with a realtor who has the, uh, the, the most awards and is the most recognized. That didn't matter to them. 15% or so said number two. Most amount of money, least amount of time. 85% said number three. That the relationship is what matters that the value is in feeling like they get a customized plan. And do you see here how asking all these questions makes it their plan and your delivery? It makes it their customized plan and your implementation of it. It makes it the relationship as the foundation because you have listened well instead of just talked to them. Does that make sense? Please not if that makes sense. And so that brings us to chapter number three. This is now about the game plan. Chapter one was about them. Chapter two is about their dreams. And that is when you are heavy laden with questions. If you're looking at percentage-wise, I'd put 70% of my energy into these first two chapters. Their dreams and them. It's all about them. Chapter number three is the game plan. And the game plan is now you're going through your notes. And you're saying, Craig, I heard you say that great marketing is really important. Here's what I've done for people in situations similar to yours. When you say that kind of line, you're showing that you have experience in that area. If you are a solo agent, you can say we, because you can talk about you and your mentors and people in the agent power huddle and these other things, because you, you're tied with other people. You don't yet have that experience say we instead of me. If you're on a team, say we instead of me. If you're a solo agent who kicks butt, you can simply say me. But here's what I've done in situations like this. Or here's what we've done in situations like this. Greg, I heard you say that great marketing is really important. Would you find value in your home being listed on over a thousand different websites? Yes. 
Awesome. Okay. Craig, would you find value in us uh, posting your home on social media for lots of eyes to see? Yes. Would you find value in us having a sign that can capture people's information and it goes to our, like, whatever you have, if you have an ISA, you're asking questions for them to identify that they will find value in, right? Would you find value in blank? And now you are telling them everything that you do to market. And Craig, would you find value in us communicating voice to voice at least once a week? Craig, would you find value in me trying to get feedback every time there's a showing on your property? Even though I can't get it, would you find value in me trying to get that every time? Would you find value in me sending you a CMA of all the homes in your area that have sold recently, right? Don't tell, ask. And when you do that, hot diggity dog, you now have a game plan that is customized for Craig. You have a game plan that is aligned with everything he said he wants because you were an active listener, because that's what you do in a relationship. When you're on a first date with somebody, you don't tell them how great you are. You try to ask them all about them. The only way I got married is I was really good at asking questions because I wasn't good at being handsome. You know? Chapter four, final chapter are the details. This is the only time that a presentation a packet, uh, uh, an iPad or anything else comes out to play is in chapter four because you're now making sure that you're covering all the details. Follow-up emails, giving them hard copies of these things, giving them all this stuff so that they have materials to go by because you know these materials inside and out. You know all of these details and they need to have it in written form, in verbal form, and in uh, and like a repeatable form because they will not remember everything. And so now you're presenting. Now you're going over the details. Now you're giving them and telling them what you maybe didn't cover. And it's imperative that you have something that covers all this because you will breeze over something because you're going to be so focused on the relationship. You will, when doing this right, you will unintentionally breeze over some details that are imperative that they know about. It's all about them, their dreams, the game plan, and the details. And when you do this well, unless it's their best friend or their cousin who's going to be their realtor, you should win the relationship every time. And guess what? Is when you win the relationship and you've created for them a customized plan, you now can protect your commission. Commission cutters are everywhere right now. And in our world, we list our homes at 7%. Some of you in San Diego, like with an average sales price of $7 million or whatever it is, like you can list that half a percent still make a ton of money. So screw you guys in San Diego. But the rest of us who have to live in the real world where we have normal sales prices, we got to protect our commission. I say that jokingly, you got to protect your commission everywhere. But here's what you need to know with this. And I know I'm about out of time. So I'm going to come in. Come in. If I haven't spoken fast before, I'm going to speak fast now. When you demonstrate all this value and you show for them where it all goes, I'm now going to share with you what Ben Kinney taught me, and I use it every time in a listing presentation, is we're going to say, I'm going to lay out seven business cards, or $7 bills. 3% gets paid to the other side. Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, would you find value in us paying a full commission to the agent that represents the buyer here? Do you think that that's a valuable thing that you do? And you ask them, 
if your market average is two or two and a half percent, that's fine. Do it that way. But in our world, the, the average cobrook is 3%. So would you find value in us paying that full commission to that agent? Because they're going to be a cheerleader for your place. What would be the consequences if you don't pay that full 3%, right? Some agents may not want to show your house. They're not as excited to try to win the deal. And so, yes, they're going to identify, I want to pay a full commission. Doesn't have to be that way, but that's what it is in our world. That leaves 4%. So let me show you these four business cards. And I want to identify for you where these percentages go. So you understand. Number one, this first percent goes to pay our brokerage. Everybody has to pay a brokerage as a part of the game. Number two, you told me how important marketing is. And so this is all the marketing that we're going to do. We spend X amount of dollars every month to make sure that properties like yours get seen. And I want to put my money where my mouth is. Number three, it's all about servicing. You told me how important great servicing is and the admin that I have and the time that I take. And, and so we have that on there. And then number four is how I profit. Well, Eric, I think you should list for 5% because that old schmuck over there at ABC Realty said they'll list for 5%. Awesome. Help me understand which value they're not going to provide. Because I heard you say, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, that this is all really important stuff for you. That great servicing and great marketing are really important. And that paying the cobroke to the other side is really important. So where should we cut based on what you said was really important? Because I want to give you the experience that you want. Where should we cut? Well, I don't know if we need to market at these places. I understand where you're coming from, but you told me how important that was for you, right? Now, I'll have data and stats that show that we're going to make more money for you anyways because we're a kick-butt real estate team. And so here, the average market is selling at 99. We're at 102 or whatever. So have your numbers, have your data backed up. But don't just walk in there and talk at people, talk with people. Jesse, I'm done. I'm fired up. I'm gingery and all spicy right now. What do you have for me? That was incredible. Seriously. That was incredible. Uh, if we got like four minutes and people have questions. I'm grateful every time you are here with this crew. And anyone watching this recording later, go run, seek out, and find Eric um, so that you can learn more about this. Uh, it was just, I don't mean, I don't know where to go in four minutes. That was awesome, dude. <laughs> My Eric, pleasure. I have a quick question. Uh, yeah, thank you for your presentation. It's awesome. Um, I do a lot of family law work. So like yesterday, I was sitting in front of a couple that's going through a divorce. So when I get to dreams, I'm like a little hesitant. I'm like, how would I approach that? I say, well, what are your dreams? And they could probably say, well, my dream is to get the hell out of this house and away from her or something. So I'm a little concerned. What would you suggest on when you're working with a lot of family, a lot of clients and you get to the dream section? What would you, how would you handle that one? Uh, great question, Don. Uh, there. It's an actual dream to get the hell away from somebody who's making you miserable. Like, I, 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 would, I would honor and respect where they're at and listen. Like, I wouldn't necessarily write down, like, she's a bee, right? Like, I, I don't think that I would write that down. Uh, but instead, I would be like, okay, um, so it sounds like speed is really important to you in this, that we get this done quickly. If I'm to weigh this out, speed versus money, and I know you want both, which one is more important, right? You're asking them further questions about their dreams. Well, I need to be done with this before I need an extra couple grand in my pocket. I think I can get you both, uh, Mr. Seller, but like how fast is too fast and how slow is too slow? And you're, just, you're asking continued questions, even about their pain, even about their strife. Their dreams are to like... I think of it this way, Don, if I drop you off, uh, off the San Diego coast, two miles offshore, and you're swimming and everything is 
fine, we have a destination and a dream to get to shore and a destination to get to the lighthouse. That's where our target is. And so we look up every few strokes to see, are we still on our path? If you're underwater and you can't breathe and you are struggling to stay above water, your dream isn't the lighthouse. Your dream is a breath. It's still a dream. It's triage dream, right? And so you have to navigate the triage time of, is it a short-term dream? And what is the long-term dream? So I would, I would then circumvent that conversation to talk about because his getting away from his spouse energy, that's a short-term dream. What's that longer term term dream too? Like, okay, once we get you uh, in a new place, what would that new place look like? Or, or you know, you can now you can now start projecting to that next dream. Does that make sense, Don? Yes, thank you. Yeah, uh, it was typed in here that Shelly O'Neill asked, "Where do I get our leads from?" Uh, of the thirteen hundred homes we'll sell this year, sixty percent are sphere referral and past clients. Jesse, I could go on for days about how that is the most underutilized lead source bucket for people. But it's all a strategy of how we make people feel. And it's all about how the referrals that we get because we're treating people exceptionally well because it's relationships. Where we're spending our money, and I spend $95,000 a month on my marketing. That's a whole lot of cheese. I spend $45,000 a month on Zillow. I hate it as much as you do. It's an awesome ROI for us today. Uh, we spend about $15,000 a month on Ylopo. Um, We're spending about $5,000 a month on direct mail, targeting uh, people who are iBuyers and selling their homes uh, for cheap, as well as uh, working some farms. Uh, I put my ISA salary, which is about $15,000 a month, in my lead generation bucket. And then uh, I'm pretty active in radio in our area. So those are my main lead sources. I love it. And guys, Eric has multiple agent power huddle past episodes you can check out. And he's got an amazing event in Fargo in September that we'll be talking about. get you here, Justin. I hope you're coming, coming this time. I'm coming this year. Oh, I'm coming this year. And I want other people to come too. So we'll keep talking about it. Eric, thank you. Thank you, dude. This is awesome. My pleasure. Seriously. Yeah. My pleasure. All right, guys. Everybody, you enjoy your, enjoy your, wet, your uh, Thursday, guys. Eric, thanks again, man. It's great. Thanks, buddy. Bye, guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.